welcome to the Professor English Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'm your host. Have you ever wanted to read an entire book in English? Have you ever thought about improving your English vocabulary through reading? If you answered yes to these questions, you're in the right place, because in each episode of this podcast, we are going to explore the book 1984 by George Orwell, paragraph by paragraph. First, I will read the paragraph. Then, we will examine the contents of the paragraph to make sure that the meaning is clear. Then, we will do a fluency and listening comprehension exercise to practice some of the words and expressions that we find in the paragraph. Sound good? Okay, great. Before we start, I just want to remind you that if you prefer to have a little visual help, you can always access the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel, Professor English ESL Class. Now, let's jump right in. Here is the second paragraph of Chapter 1 of 1984 by George Orwell. The hallway smelt of boiled cabbage and old rag mats. At one end of it, a colored poster, too large for indoor display, had been tacked to the wall. It depicted simply an enormous face. More than a meter wide, the face of a man of about 45, with a heavy black mustache and ruggedly handsome features. Winston, made for the stairs, it was no use trying the lift. Even at the best of times, it was seldom working, and at present, the electric current was cut off during daylight hours. Because this second paragraph is pretty long, we're just going to focus on the first half of the paragraph. We will look at the second part of the paragraph in the next episode. Now, in the first sentence, the hallway smelt of boiled cabbage and old rag mats, we have a couple of interesting things to talk about. Firstly, you may notice that Orwell is using the word smelt as the past of smell. If you have never seen that before, it's just an alternative way to say smell in the past. Next, we have the phrase rag mat. A rag is an old piece of cloth, like an old shirt, an old bedsheet, or an old towel. Rags are usually used for cleaning, or may have other functions, since they can no longer be used as clothes, etc. A mat is a small rug, most commonly placed in front of a door, so you can wipe your shoes before entering. This mat was made of rags. It was a rug made of old pieces of clothes or other fabrics, which were so old and dirty that they made the hallways smell. Maybe another way to think of this sentence is that the hallway smelt of cooking food and dirty old clothes, dirty old rags, rag mats. Let's take a look at the next sentence. At one end of it, a colored poster, too large for indoor display, had been tacked to the wall. 
The only word you might not be familiar with is the word tack, which is like a little pin or a little nail that you use to attach something, usually paper, to a wall. In this case, a large picture of a man's face. Winston enters his apartment building very quickly, and now he is on the ground floor hallway, which smells of unpleasant cooking food and dirty old clothes. There's a large picture attached or tacked to the wall. Now let's look at the next few sentences. It depicted simply an enormous face, more than a meter wide, the face of a man of about 45, with heavy black mustache and ruggedly handsome features. We have a couple of interesting words in these sentences. It depicted an enormous face. It's possible you haven't seen the word depict before, but I'm sure that you are familiar with the word picture, and the word depict is related to the word picture. You can think of depict as the verb form of picture. It means to show a picture, to give a picture, or more abstractly, to represent. Let's try to reword this sentence. It depicted an enormous face. It, the poster, shows us the image of a big face more than a meter wide. The poster shows us a face. The poster depicts a face. Depict is not a word frequently taught in ESL classes, but it is not an uncommon word, so it's good to know it. The next interesting word occurs in the phrase ruggedly handsome features. Rugged, another fairly frequent word, means rough, tough, hard. It is a word associated with masculinity. Orwell describes the face as ruggedly handsome, which means the face is very attractive in a very manly way, in a very masculine way. In other words, he isn't pretty handsome. His features, his nose, his chin, his eyes are not attractive or soft like a woman. His features, his cheeks, his hair, his lips are attractive in a rough, tough way. They're hard features, which look good on a man, but maybe not good on a woman. Or let's, re let's rephrase the sentences that we have up to now. The hallway smelled of cooking food and dirty old clothes. On one of the walls, there was a very large picture of a man's face. He was an attractive man, attractive in a very masculine way, in a very manly way. Let's take a look at the last sentence. Winston made for the stairs. It was no use trying the lift. Even at the best of times, it was seldom working. And at present, the electric current was cut off during daylight hours. Winston made for the stairs. This is a really interesting phrase. It's not the type of phrase you would probably ever see in an ESL class. We're going to talk about this phrase in detail in a few moments, but for right now, let's just say it means go. Let's simplify this sentence. Winston went to the stairs. The next sentence 
it was no use trying the lift. This is another very useful phrase. Uh, when, when something is of no use, it means there's no point in doing it. There's no point in doing this action. It will not give you any result. Because this is such a useful phrase, it is a phrase that we are going to practice today. But before we do, let's take a look at the last sentence. Even at the best of times, it was seldom working. And at present, the electric current was cut off during daylight hours. The elevator was seldom working. The word seldom means not very frequently. If always is 100% of the time, and never is 0% of the time, then seldom is around 5% of the time. The elevator was seldom working means the elevator only works about 5% of the time. In other words, the elevator almost never works. In the next phrase, Orwell uses the phrasal verb cut off, which means interrupted. It is frequently used when services stop. The electricity was cut off means the electricity was stopped, not working. So if we rephrase these sentences, we can say, the elevator almost never works and during the day there is because during, the elevator almost never works because during the day there is no electricity. Let's say the entire paragraph in very simple words. Winston entered the building. The hallway smelled very bad, like food cooking and old dirty clothes. There was a large picture of a handsome, masculine man attached to one of the walls. Winston went to the stairs because he knew the elevator was not functioning. Now, let's focus on two useful expressions. We're going to practice them now so that you can use them in your daily routine. To make for a place, and it is no use doing something. Remember, to make for a place means to go somewhere. The difference between go and make for a place is that when you make for a place, you, you have to give a, def a definition because you have a special purpose. You're not just moving. Let's look at an example. If we have a simple sentence like, John went to the store. It just means John moved from one place to another place, the store. If we want to make it sound like John went to the store because he needed to buy something, because he had some special thing to do when he arrived at the store, then we can use make for. Let's change the sentence. John went to the store with make for the store. And this will make it sound like John had a special mission, a special purpose in going to the store. He wasn't just moving from one place to another. He was going to the store for a special reason. John made for the store. Can you repeat that? John made for the store. Now let's make a why question with that sentence. So we have John made for the store, make a why question. Why did John make for the store? Why did John make for the store? Now here's the reason. To look for special ingredients for a meal. 
So John was cooking and he needed some very special ingredients to, to, to do the recipe. So if we say, John, why did John make for the store? Answer, to look for special ingredients for a meal. He made for the store to look for special ingredients for a meal. Can you repeat that? He made for the store to make special ingredients for a meal. For a meal. For a meal. He made for the store to make to, to look for special ingredients for a meal. Okay, let's try another example. Lisa and Mary went to the movie theater. Lisa and Mary, Lisa and Mary, went to the movie theater. Lisa and Mary went to the movie theater. Now let's change this sentence using make for somewhere, which will give the extra meaning of having a special purpose or mission for going to the movie theater. Lisa and Mary made for the movie theater. Lisa and Mary made for the movie theater. Now that we say it like this, we understand they're going for some very special reason. There's a, there's a real special purpose for them going there. Let's make a why question with Lisa and Mary made for the movie theater. Why did they make for the movie theater? Why did they make for the movie theater? Why did they make for the movie theater? Okay, now let's say uh, they're going to the movie theater. Usually, if you're going to the movie theater, it's to see a movie. But let's, let's give a, a different reason, less expected reason. And then that way, it makes sense that we're using make for, because we're going to tell the special reason. It's not just to see a movie. Okay, uh, let's see. Here's the reason, which is a little bit less expected. To meet some friends. To, to meet some friends. They made for the movie theater to meet some friends. They made for the movie theater to meet some friends. Okay, super duper job. Now, let's try another example. But before we do, I would just like to remind you to subscribe to my channel if you want to improve your English vocabulary, listening, and fluency. And if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, don't forget to press the like button. It helps my channel so much, and it lets me know that you find these types of exercises very useful for you. Now let's practice make for a few more times. John went to his office. 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 Now let's imagine a situation where John wants to go to his office as quickly as possible without being noticed. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. Maybe he's avoiding a particular person or uh, he doesn't want people bothering him. 
So he's going to the office with a mission. He wants to be left alone. Okay, uh, so let's see. So we have John went to his office, but let's use make for to make it sound like he's afraid of something. He's afraid of talking to people. He's afraid of being seen. He wants to hide in his office. John made for his office. John made for his office. John made for his office. Now let's ask a why question. How would you make a why question with John made for his office? Why did John make for his office? Why did John make for his office? Why did John make for his office? Here is our special purpose. To avoid talking to Mary. Uh-oh, he doesn't want to talk to Mary. That's why he made for his office. That was his special mission. John made for his office to avoid talking to Mary. John made for his office to avoid talking to Mary. All right, fantastic job. Let's try one more example. You went to the bathroom. You went to the bathroom. Now this is a perfectly acceptable sentence, but what if you wanted to make it sound like you have an emergency? You can use make for somewhere, which means you have a special purpose or a special miss mission for going, and suddenly it sounds like an emergency situation. Let's change you went to the bathroom using make for. You made for the bathroom. You made for the bathroom. Now I can picture in my head that you're almost running to the bathroom because you have a special mission, a special emergency that you must take care of. Now let's ask a why question. Why did you, why did you, why did you, why did you, why did you make for the bathroom? Okay, now here is the reason. Because you needed to make an emergency phone call privately. Because you needed to make an emergency phone call privately. Okay, let's try to say the whole thing together. You made for the bathroom because you needed to make an emergency phone call privately. You made for the bathroom because you needed to make an emergency phone call privately. You made for the bathroom because you needed to make an emergency phone call privately. Okay, super duper job. Now I hope you can imagine what is happening in this paragraph. Winston didn't just go to the stairs, he made for the stairs. We have to imagine why. Did he want to avoid contact with other people? Was he in a hurry to get inside his apartment? What was his mission? We really don't know. We just know he wants to get to his apartment for some special reason, or he wants to leave the hallway for some special reason. Maybe we will discover the reason later. Maybe we won't. Uh, we just know uh, 
he doesn't want to be in the hallway, or he needs to be in his apartment for some reason. Now, let's talk about another very useful phrase. It's no use plus ing verb. This phrase is very common. It means there's no point in attempting something. Uh, it's not going to be effective. It's not going to have the result that you want. Let's try it out and, and, and see how, uh, how and when to use it. Here's a sentence. It's no use going downtown. It, this sentence means don't go downtown because you will not get the results that you were hoping for. You will not get the result that you want. Let's make a why question with that sentence and discover why there will be no result or what the result, what result you won't get. So the sentence is, it is no use going downtown. How would you make a why question with, it is no use going downtown? Why is it no use going downtown? Why is it no use going downtown? Why is it no use going downtown? Okay, here is the reason. Because it is a holiday and all of the stores are closed. Let's say the two ideas together. It's no use going downtown because today is a holiday and all of the stores are closed. It's no use going downtown because today is a holiday and all of the stores are closed. In other words, it's a waste of time going downtown because you can't do what you want, which in this case is going shopping. All of the stores are closed. There's no reason you won't get any result if you go downtown. Let's try another one. It's no use talking to John. It's no use talking to John. In this sentence, talk, uh, in this, this sentence means don't talk to John because there will be no result. Talk here means something like trying to convince. Let's repeat that sentence. It's no use talking to John. Don't try to convince John of something. Don't try to change John's mind. It's no use talking to John. Now, let's make a why question with that sentence. Why is it no use talking to John? Why is it no use talking to John? Why is it no use talking to John? And this question means why is it a waste of time talking to John? Why is it a waste of time trying to change John's mind, trying to convince John of something? And here's the reason. He's very stubborn. He is, a, he is very stubborn. It's no use talking to John because he's very stubborn. In other words, don't try to change John's mind. He never changes his mind. All right, let's try one more example. It's no use buying sugar-free products. It's no use buying sugar-free products. Let's make a why question with that sentence. Why is it no use buying sugar-free products? 
Why is it no use buying sugar-free products? Why is it a waste of time to buy sugar-free products? Well, usually people buy sugar-free products because they believe it is healthier. But sugar substitutes are normally equally unhealthy. So buying sugar-free products will not give you the result that you want. It won't make you healthier because if you're using a sugar substitute, it's going to cause similar problems. So, uh, because sugar substitutes are also unhealthy. So let's try to say everything together, okay? It's no use buying sugar-free products because sugar substitutes are also unhealthy. It's no use buying sugar-free products because sugar substitutes are also unhealthy. All right, great job. Now let's review the last sentence to be sure that we now understand what it means. Winston made for the stairs and it was no use trying the lift. Even at the best of times, it was seldom working. Winston made for the stairs, meaning Winston went to the stairs because he was very desperate to go to his apartment for some reason, or at least he was desperate not to be in the hallway for some reason. It was no use trying the lift. It was no use trying the elevator, meaning he didn't, he didn't try to use the elevator because he already knew it wasn't going to work. Trying the elevator would not give him the result that he wanted. If we summarize the first part of this paragraph with very simple words, it would sound like this. After entering the building, he was in the hallway, which smelled very badly, like old clothes and unpleasant food cooking. There was a very large picture of a masculine, handsome man attached to the wall. Winston went immediately to the stairs because he already knew the elevator was not working. I hope now you can fully understand this paragraph. But now we've reached the end of this episode. It's been really fun practicing English with you today, and I hope to see you again real soon. So don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Now, uh, this is a rather experimental way of exploring English, and it takes a lot of work. So if you want to see more videos like this, if you want more podcasts exploring English vocabulary and grammar using 1984, please leave a comment and let me know that you find this helpful. But until the next paragraph, goodbye.